0: Hey guys, welcome to the Spiritual Boss Podcast for the spiritual seekers and lurkers, the respectfully curious, and the pursuers of their passion. It is hosted by Melanie Don, Tanya Ryan, and Jen Anderson, but today it's Jen, and I get to interview Sarah Facking Step. This is what I call Sarah, because she is a force, just a force of, you just follow, even when it feels uncomfortable, you just follow your path and you just follow your passion. And we are going to talk today. Well, first off, Sarah, I've known you for just about a year now, I think, probably last April. And I love how the universe works of just bringing people together because I met Sarah, well, one through the gram. So amen, social media can do good things. And two, I met her mom and there was just something about your mom that I was just like, I know this lady's a part of my life. I don't, I don't know a thing about her, but I just know she's going to be a part of my life. And so then we connected on the ground. And the like. very first thing I remember about you is that you were playing country music with the windows down. And I think your hat was backwards and you were just like loving life. And I was like, yes. I want this lady in my life. Somehow I am so connected to this gal because that is like ultimate joy to me right there. And it was just radiating from you. And Sarah, what are you up to these days?
1: Oh, Jen, man, what am I up to these days? (laughs) It is, I'm in some of that uncomfortable space. I definitely made a big leap through sort of working with you to leave a very comfortable space in you did that all on your very very own (laughs) i had some nudges from the beautiful jen uh but now i'm in this like freedom space of trying to figure out where i'm going next and what that looks like and what that feels like and it's both exciting and also very, very uncomfortable still because I'm one of those people that is a woman with a plan and I like to know where I'm going and I have my to- to-do lists and checklists and now I have none of that. And so it's, it's, it's foreign, it's a foreign
0: space. For is, yeah, freedom can be uncomfortable. Like we think that's what we ultimately want. I had this conversation with three people over the last two weeks. I don't want to work, Jen. And I was like, mm, actually that's not true. Speaking from experience, you do want to work. You just want to work on what really fuels you and what you're really passionate about. And then it doesn't feel like work. I think sometimes, and I think this is your scenario for the last year too. You were on paper, Sarah, all boxes checked, successful, female, rocking it, growing the ladder, doing all the things. And what, ha- what what did you realize? I would say you probably realized it last summer. You started to talk about it a little bit. But what did that look like for you? Like, let's even back up
1: to a year ago. Mm-hmm. Where were you at? So a year ago, um, I'm actually used the weekend before the pandemic hit. I had the opportunity to go to a Rachel Hollis live conference. She is a individual that's really popular in the women's personal development space. And I had been following her for a couple of years and felt very connected to her. So I went to her conference and it's very focused on women's empowerment and following that nudge on your heart. And sure after I came back from that, I was really excited about life. So excited to just like tackle anything that came at me. I still didn't know what it was, but I was, I was changed in some way. And then the following week COVID happened, the world shut down and everything's just sort of stopped. And it was very uncertain. No one, we all went through it. We didn't know what was going on. Yep. And then I remember talking to my mom and I was like, I'm going to start a blog. And I had no idea why, I had no idea what it was going to be about, And, but I just did it. I didn't worry about all the details of it, the mechanics, what the site looked like. I could have spent like months trying to figure that out, but I was like, I'm just going to write, I'm just going to yes. post, and yes. then start writing. <laughs> and fast forward a year, I'm still writing that blog, and I think that's been something that has, that was a turning point for me, starting that
0: plug right here where can they find your blog because the blog is the attitude is gratitude
1: yes so the I just launched my website yes so- um so it's the attitude is gratitude.ca Uh, So you can go there. My post will be up there. You can also subscribe on the website as well. And then you'll get my posts every week. Um, They come out on Sundays and the posts, the posts are really about trying to find perspective in your life. I find that that's sort of been my focus. I've been trying to find my groove and I've landed that that's where I really like is questioning things in your life and questioning how things happen and just really focusing on how you view things and being inquisitive about what's going on in your life or what you're feeling or others, others' actions and things like that. So uh, that's a really big thing. And then of course, my Instagram is the at the only Sarah Stepa. And that's where you'll find me jamming to country music with my windows down. All sorts of music.
0: All, <laughs> all sorts. sorts of music. Yeah,
1: all sorts. Of, I have a rap on my page the other day um, <laughs> that I just did too. So yeah, whatever, you know, whatever pumps me up in the moment, that's what I'll, I'll be doing. So yes. And I love that you're, um, you're fun to
0: follow because you're very real. You own every emotion you're going through. And some weeks are a little bit heavier than other weeks or some months. And so if we go back to, you started the blog, you were working, Mm -hmm. you were successful in your job. It paid well. Mm -hmm. It challenged you in some ways to grow. But there was a missing piece for you
1: yeah so I often as I continue to look back at it my job was everything you would want on paper mm-hmm. from the outside it seemed very very perfect even down to the piece of I, I loved my boss yeah like a lot of people they I would tell them how much I loved my boss and they were like Well, that's different because lots of people. (laughs) And then it was like this thing that that wasn't allowed to happen. But anyway, and so I was feeling like, yeah, like something was missing. And through COVID, so I worked in the nonprofit sector and the mission of our foundation was parks and community. So park development in the city of Calgary and working with communities. And during COVID parks became so relevant that they were one of the only spaces left that we could, you know, see our friends or that weren't taken away from up, that weren't closed down. And to me, once I started to realize that, I was like, why am I not more excited about my job right now? Mm-hmm. They are the most relevant they have ever been. I had been there for five years and yet I was not connected to what we were doing day to day. And that was really a big awareness and awakening for me that I was like, now I'm not, now I don't like this. And I was working really, really hard. My job was very, yeah. very fast moving. It was, we had to be, we're a very high performing foundation. And to do that, you have to be quick and you do a lot, wear a lot of hats. And by do, I giving a lot of myself. And so once I realized I wasn't connected and I was giving a lot of myself, I was like, I don't, know why I'm giving so much to something I don't believe in
0: yes it's just no longer aligned yes it was and do you think that was one of the hardest parts of thinking about stepping away is that at the beginning of it it was extremely aligned
1: I think so because it was I used to love going to work like mm-hmm. I would go away on a vacation and be super excited to go back to my job and then to realize later that I no longer was was really upsetting I was like oh I used to love this and now I don't what happened yeah
0: and what did that transpire into let's just get right into it because December was tough for
1: you it was a dark moment yeah so it it became I tried to mask it. You sort of mentioned in the summer, I started to sort of get some of these messages that I was like, "Ah, oh, this isn't really aligned. Oh, this isn't really me anymore. And I had the seed was planted. Like, I think I need to leave my job. The seed started to grow, yeah. but I was like, it's fine. It's fine. Like it's a pandemic. It's a good job. This will pass. But then as each month went on between pretty much August to December, things got heavier, mm-hmm. things got heavier And I tried, I'm a really positive person. So I try to focus on that piece and I try and act that way to sort of encourage that feeling in my life. And then I got to the point where probably October, November that I was like, "Mm, I can no longer pretend that I'm fine. And once that hit, then it really started to get even more challenging for myself where nothing felt like it made sense anymore my job didn't make sense I didn't like wasn't connecting with family I was really stressed out I was feeling overwhelmed about anything Mm -hmm. that just wasn't me and so I felt almost not quite out of body but very out of sorts because I just wasn't comfortable in any space anymore and I would call it almost out of soul Yeah, because
0: when we're efforting to be so positive, because I've lived that too. (laughs) I've been in the space where I'm like, I'm a happy, go lucky, just natured person. And it does not feel that way right now. Okay, let's search for everything that can make me happy that has in the past. Mm -hmm. Like I would, you know, start working out more or I would go to different music or I would try to find podcasts or find the book or something that could take me to a positive space that I had experienced and so I wanted that experience again but I was like constantly just searching for like grasping (laughs) at thin air it felt like nothing's working
1: why aren't you happy what's going on? (laughs) Absolutely. And then I I think I hit a point with with some great encouragement and support from you of saying like, okay, maybe you need to just sit in it a little bit. And that was a really that was the hardest first step because I don't like to sit in it. I Mm -hmm. like to find the positive and reach for gratitude. And then I had to stop and be like, okay, I'm not fine. Mm -hmm. Why am I not fine? what's really going on and it took a while because I was so trained to put on this mask or like force the or ignore the tough feelings and reach for the good feelings and so it took me a little bit but once I got to the point where I allowed these questioning feelings and thoughts it, it was a different heavy yeah, but it was like then it was that like reconnection to my soul, and then it like opened everything up, and then there was like a thousand questions. Yeah, of who am I and what am I doing and what am I supposed to do, and it's it's very overwhelming because you don't have the answers. There's
0: no control. It's so like let's just speak to that for a second because for my own self, like I've always been, I've always looked at something as like if I face. A challenge or an obstacle cool I will figure out the steps to move past that or through it or like I'm not afraid of going through things but when we are in that like dark night of the soul that we truly don't like what is my purpose <laughs> what am I supposed to do there are no actual tangible physical strat strategic type steps of like, well, here's what you do first. You know, like when you're, when you're going to school, you know that these are the courses you need to take. This will be the outcome that I desire at the end. I will get a degree, I will get a diploma. You could do that with any certification. Mm-hmm. You always have steps that you're supposed to take. The next module comes in or the next program or whatever it is. But when it's our soul and we're supposed to just figure out the answer, and we feel like we don't have any answers.
1: That is the heaviest damn feeling in the world. It's super heavy. And I think it's because like you're saying with, the, with a lot of things in life, we have this roadmap that we follow. There's like the, the regular steps that people expect you to do. But when you're in this space, the only person that can find the way through it is yourself. You're only going to be able to find the answers within yourself and no one can tell you what you're supposed to do or how you're feeling or why you're feeling that way. But they will. Oh, they sure will.
0: Let's (laughs) just touch on that. That one of the, I heard this a few weeks ago and it's really uh, a few months ago, maybe even, but it's really come up a lot in the last couple of weeks of when there's a crack in our belief, it is just filled with other people's beliefs. So, when we're in that dark night of the soul and we don't really feel like we have a direction that we're going in, everybody's opinions start to come in, even when we don't ask for them. <laughs> Everybody will start reaching out or like giving suggestions, or even if they just and they come from a good place, I believe, like they truly want us to be happy and they don't they can see that there's something a little bit off about us. And I know I went through this definitely with friends and family of, well, I'll just try to cheer you up in this way, or maybe you should go on antidepressants again, or maybe you need anxiety meds, or Jen, maybe you should go talk to a counselor again, or all of these things. (laughs) And for me, in my heart, I like went that way for a little bit, but then I was like, no, that's that's not it. I I don't know what
1: it is. So I can't even explain it to any of you, but I know that isn't it. I had the exact same situation where I was struggling and it was heavy and people could see it. They could tell that I wasn't quote unquote, okay, but, and people said, you should go to your doctor. Maybe you're depressed. Maybe you're having a mental health breakdown. Like, And some people came at me with love and some people came at me not so lovingly and (laughs) it was, hard because just like you said I didn't know how to describe what I was feeling and in the in the at the time as well I didn't completely understand it myself no it was the sort of first time I'm in this space and trying to like answer these big existential questions about who I am and it's it's very it's scary and very unknown and when people start telling you like you're struggling you need to see a doctor I'm like well, maybe do I need to see a doctor? Like, do I, is this really happening to me? And you, then you start questioning if you're really okay and if you're, you know, not, if you're going down a, a dark path. And I was actually really afraid um, that I was going to go down this dark path and was going to get stuck there. Mm-hmm. And I, that was one of the resistance, the resistance I had to allowing those thoughts and feelings to come in and really feel them. Cause I was so scared. I was going to get stuck in that dark space and you don't, but it's scary to go there because oh, sure. you don't know the way out yet. Yeah. And it's, um,
0: for some of us, like I had already been in that. I've been, I had been through that a few times. And so I was extra scared of being stuck in that dark space because I had been in that space before and I didn't want to go back down that space. And so surrendering to discomfort was even more uncomfortable, if that makes any sense. And anybody who has experienced this will totally know what I'm talking about because there's it's hard to articulate. But I don't want to feel this discomfort because I know this isn't the place I want to live. I don't want to stay here. So why would I lean into the discomfort?
1: Well, and it's easier to not like, it, it's easier to ignore it. It's easier to just keep on keeping on with what you're doing in day-to-day life, but you're going to just keep living the same life. You're going to keep having these moments of unhappiness or like un- lack of fulfillment until you address those deeper feelings.
0: And how do the, how long do those days feel?
1: Oh, every day it feels like a month. <laughs> Like, I think I thought December was a year. I literally felt like December was a year. The last two weeks of December, I think, felt like a year.
0: Yes. It was just like Because we're just kind of floating. And our brain is on, like, super speed of trying to figure it out. I just need to figure it out. I just need. I'm smart. I can logic this. I can figure this out. I am a smart, capable woman that has done many things. And for me, it was like, I've done so many hard things in my life. This isn't hard, Jen. (laughs) This shouldn't be so hard to figure out. You have figured out many other things that are much harder, quote unquote, on paper than this. So why is this so hard? Just figure it out. Just figure
1: it out. And it's not about figuring it out. Yeah. Right. A lot of my narrative was you're stronger than this. You're stronger than this. Like you don't have to be here. Like you, you can figure this out. Like you're stronger. And, and, and it felt at first it felt weak to allow myself to just let it all, Like let myself feel it all. Yes. Like, I'm letting myself go to this dark space. Like I don't, I'm stronger than this. I don't need to go into the deep dark pits but I did and it's actually stronger and more courageous to go there and to ignore it and run away from it.
0: It truly it truly is in the moment it does not feel like it at all but when you come out you kind of it's that rise from the ashes Mm -hmm. that phoenix of like this is this is where I rise but it's also there's that push-pull, I feel like, in the day-to-day of like, okay, today's the day I rise from the ashes. <laughs> Every day I would wake up, okay, today's going to be the day. Instead of just, like, trusting. Now I have that trust within myself. That day comes. It always comes. Some, the, the quicker we can fully surrender to mm-hmm. it, fully surrender to just feeling it all, I feel like is the, like... And once we've done it and once we've experienced it and felt it and rose a little bit, then it's easier to surrender each time. And those times become smaller and smaller. And so for, in my opinion, I think we only have one major dark night of the soul. I think yeah. there's, there's some like, there will be little spots, but like there's one big one. And then we learn each time, it just kind of gets shorter and shorter each time that we don't need to go through that in the same way, because when we surrender to it, it passes and we don't have to know all the answers. I think that's the other piece is that we like to know all the answers we like to, uh, even before getting on this podcast. So this would have made me wildly uncomfortable three years ago to think I'm just going to interview people without a structure. (laughs) I'm just going to. We're going to let the conversation go where it goes before I would have had like my lines out. Oh, what are some good, deep questions I can ask? What's important. And now I know that whatever is meant to come out will completely just come out. But three years ago, that's a disorganized person. Right. You need to be in control (laughs) of how that needs to look like that was a huge thing for me. such a thing.
1: A control and I think our control ties to our fears and when we feel like we don't have control then our fears rise up and that's when we resist that surrender because we don't want to because we're like no no I got this I'm gonna figure it out or like no I'm gonna like be better tomorrow but then it's so true once you just like give in full fully it's, it passes so much faster. The, the longer you stay in there is when you're in that push and pull of, well, no, I got this. Like I can figure this out or I'm stronger than this. The more you have that thought, you're resisting the true feelings that you just need to confront. It might even last a few days. I'm still doing that. Like I resist and resist it. It's like, just let it come in. It's going to be okay. Yes. Yes. And
0: at the depths of it, it is the ultimate trust and it is the ultimate control because you know that everything is going to be okay. But we're in that, when we're in that like really muddy water, the control piece. is just so much more controlled. This might not even make any sense, but I don't have to control anything. I actually can't control anything. I can't even control an hour from now. Let's be honest, I can project what I would like to happen, (laughs) zero control. And I think too, sometimes when we've had like wicked, I'm going to call them tragedies or breakdowns or just bad shit happen in our lives, we start to realize that we can't actually control. Like the very first time I went through that was when I remember getting the phone call from my mom and she said, there's a lump and I'm going for surgery this week. I have breast cancer. And I was just like, well, and just like that, you took my whole life and shook it up and uh, dumped it all over the place. And I have no idea what any of this, like, this is not what the week was looking like. And, you know, that continued to happen through her cancer journey Mm -hmm. of, you know, things change here and there. You plan what that will look like, but you don't actually know. And then, you know, dealing with suicide afterwards, it's not something I will thought I was going to wake up to that phone call that day. That wasn't on the docket,
1: (laughs) but I got through it. Right. And I think that's that's a good point that you're making that we always think we have control. We always think that we have tomorrow or we can like do what we want to do later. And I think it's, life is so short and you don't know what's going to happen. And a a phone call could change your life in a second. And it's just, I, I'm starting to really embrace the thought of like, how do I want to live my life? How do I want to not how everybody else has expected me to. And it's being able to choose that because it can be taken away in a second, Yeah, and it's like if you don't choose it for yourself, no one else is going to choose it for you. You introduced me to YOLO. I I love YOLO. (laughs) And I was just like, I don't even know what that is. You, I think you would hashtag it, or do you have a hat or a shirt? I have a hat. I have a hat. So YOLO means you only live once. Yes. And I was just like, yes. I embraced YOLO initially when I first started traveling because I took that mentality that I was in a new place doing new things. And I had this belief that I'm never going to be back here again. Yes. Because I would be like in South America or Southeast Asia. And then I'm like, I'm never coming back here. That might not be true. But in that, on that trip, I'd had that mentality. So I would say yes to as much as I could, even even though I was super uncomfortable, but that gave me the most amazing experiences because I just was like, I'm never going to be in this moment again. Yeah, And I think we can really embrace that in sort of our day-to-day life more. Yes, we have things that we have to do and we have to pay bills and all that sort of boring life stuff. Yeah, <laughs> But you can still embrace the what things feel good. And you know what? If you leave early on a Friday to go for lunch and don't go back to work, is that really the end of the world? No, exactly. And I look at it of... Even
0: those boring things of like paying bills or like we all know anybody that follows me knows that I don't like back end work like this (laughs) doesn't fill me up. Tech is not my like, oh, yes, I want to figure this out. That's just not (laughs) fulfilling to me. But at the same time, I look at it now as like, how do I want to feel when I'm doing these things? Mm. So even the mundane, even the, you know, paying the bills or getting groceries is a good example because I used to hate getting groceries how do I wanna feel in this experience? Because you do only live this moment once. Yeah. And isn't it interesting how like, we're able to do that on vacation, but it's harder to do in our regular cyclical day-to-day life because it's like, yes. I wake up in the morning and I'm like, how do I wanna to feel today? Oh, I wanna fucking feel good. That's how I wanna feel. Okay, what song am I gonna crank? <laughs> that puts me in that feeling of that's how I want to feel today. And then it doesn't matter what happens throughout the day. Sometimes it's so monotonous. (laughs) But still, how do I want to feel in that day? Like, I really wanted to go do something this afternoon because it's nice out here. The wind isn't crazy. And I was just like, yeah, I want to get out. And then my two kids' friends, they're like, we want to play at the park. And I was like, okay, how do I want to feel? I'm actually excited for them to go play at the park, that it's nice out, that they want to get out there, do all of these things. I I can still have the same feeling and I can do something another day that's out of the house. What do I want to do that will make me feel that way today? I want to go back to though, because I just want to drop this because Sarah, well, you ended up leaving your job. I don't even think we said that. I don't
1: think we did. No. (laughs) We alluded. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) It's been only probably almost a month, pretty close to the day that I left my job. I did make the leap. December was the really hard, dark days of trying to figure that out. And then beginning of January, I made the call to my boss, which was one of the hardest phone calls I think I've ever made. Mm -hmm. And then I stayed for quite a while until the end of February, because my job was quite intense, and there was a lot to transfer. Uh, So I've only been unquote finish for about a month Um, but leaving has really given me space and opportunity to explore these things that make me feel good yes and i've never ever given myself the space to do that
0: permission and she wrote all about it and i loved it so much because we had we so not many of us have ever given ourselves permission to explore, I look at it like fully dating ourselves, fully getting to know ourselves without anybody else's beliefs swaying that.
1: And it's it's still hard. People still like the every time because I told of course everyone knew that I quit my job. And then every single person I told, oh, I'm leaving, everyone was like, well, what are you doing next? What's your do you have another job? Where are you going? What are you doing? And I didn't have the answers. And I still don't. And that was really uncomfortable because I didn't have something tangible that a tangible response that they would consider acceptable. Acceptable. Exactly. And just be like, oh, well, I'm just going to like hang out for a while. They're like, I'm sorry, what? You're going to just hang, what? You don't have a plan. And then of course, all the fears of money and are you going to be alone? And are you going to be depressed? Like all of their fears again would resurface about, are you going to be okay? But the beautiful thing was I knew deep down that I was going to be okay. Yeah, you did. It, there was just something that I knew. And actually this is a great reminder for me right now. Cause I am feeling a little bit out of sorts this past week that I know I'm going to be okay. And everything is, happening for a reason, but every time somebody asks me a question of like, well, what are you doing? What's your next step? It, it spurs up questions and insecurities again. And it's I'm like, just stop asking me that question, right. but they need the answers too. They need to feel safe in my, my position and what I'm doing, it even though it has nothing triggers. to do with them. Oh, it triggers people. Yeah. When we make any sort of big decision,
0: So for you right now, it's with leaving your safe and secure job. Mm -hmm. But anytime we've done a bit, like I think of when we moved out here and people were like, well, what? What are you doing? You're just going to leave, like essentially your whole life and just go somewhere you don't know people or have a job or any of that. It makes zero sense to people. And some people will be very supportive. And then some people will also be like, well, that doesn't make sense to me, so I'm going to knock it down. Or I've also had dreams of doing something similar. And so I'm going to also tear you down because I haven't had the courage or the bravery to stand up and own it.
1: It makes people uncomfortable. Absolutely, it's because not, not everybody has the courage to be able to choose themselves. Cause it is really. boom. (laughs) Rewind, rewind that 10 seconds. (laughs) Not everyone has the courage to choose themselves. And it is super scary because you're betting on yourself and believing in you more than you ever have before. And we're not taught to do that. We're taught to do what everybody else tells us. And we're like, okay, I'll just do what's expected. And then when you stop to do what you want to do. It's uncomfortable because we're not taught to do that. Yes, we don't know
0: what those feelings are. But I also want to, so as much as it can trigger people, I also want you to celebrate the shit out of yourself because it gave other people
1: permission to think about doing that for themselves. I do think there's a lot of power in like finding that courage in yourself, because it does, it shows others that they can do the same thing. Or like you said, they can even just start thinking about it. It starts is like, just start thinking about the possibility of what they could do that is going to light them up. Even in small little bits, they can start with, I started my blog March last year. I quit my job February of 2021. So it did. And that's where it just started with Instagram stories and a blog post about surviving the first week of COVID. And it, like a year later, I quit my job, I have a website, I'm leaning into what feels good and still figuring it all out. But it's amazing what can happen when you to start with those baby steps.
0: Absolutely, that's how it has to start, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, I had this conversation yesterday or maybe the day before and I really loved it. I. She didn't know it was a possibility until she saw it somewhere else. And so she was talking about somebody she didn't even know, but she's like, I didn't even think of that as a possibility. And so they, I, I look at it as like, those are the windows into the quantum field that we see of like, we're kind of opening the sunroof and we're like, oh, there is a possibility. Oh, close that sunroof. Cause I don't want that possibility quite yet. I'm not comfortable yet. <laughs> oh, there's another possibility of what that can look like. And sometimes we get it from a movie and sometimes we get it from a book and somebody at the grocery store, but it's all these different possibilities out there that we start to see. I can make changes in my life and they can be real possibilities that can become tangible in my life, right? Like three years ago, I was like, oh, wouldn't it be cool to make money helping people impact the world with my husband, hanging out, him not working like 70 hours a week and beating the shit out of his body. Like there were just so many things. And I'm like, wow, all of those things have happened. Other (laughs) possibilities. Can I imagine now? Because all that was, was just me imagining of like, that would be really cool one day. And for me, it came from network marketing of seeing that there were people out there retiring husbands there were people out there living passions and making an income for me that was really uncomfortable too of like stepping back from that because that was like my opening to the possibilities so how can I possibly leave that but sidestep there for a second but then I'm so grateful for that because it taught me how to dream Mm -hmm. I didn't think about dreaming It was just like, oh, next paycheck we pay this, next paycheck we do that, oh, in three months we go on vacation, oh, in July we go camping. This is what it looks like because this is what my environment is around me and this is the norm of what goes on and I think that's so important to surround ourselves in the environment of where we want to be, of people that are also going towards something Mm -hmm. that's important to
1: them. Absolutely. And it's, I think we, we get stuck in that autopilot because it's, you just keep planning like this month we do this, this week we yeah. do this, this, and I think COVID actually really shook that up for a lot of people. Yep. And that I think is something that helped me because my, I was involved in a lot of things. So I was, I was scheduled from five 30 in the morning till eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night. I had something to do. And then COVID was like, nope you have nothing to do now. And I was like, (gasps) now what do I do? But then I was like, oh, I love this. Like I have freedom to do whatever I want now. I don't have to go to all these meetings or have to do all these courses or have to, as you see, I'm saying I have to. And just that was constantly what I was doing. And I didn't give, I didn't even have space to consider something different or like, what do I want to do? Yeah. I didn't even have time in my day to ask that question. And then COVID gave me some of that space to ask those questions and then dream a little bit and think about, well, what, what else could I do? Yeah. And I think it does. It starts with just thinking about the possibilities. And I like the term dreaming without barriers and just mm. take away all the possibilities, all the limitations that you might have in your brain and just be like, you know, what, what if, what if in like the beautiful way. Exactly,
0: what if. Exactly. instead of the negatives. Cause okay. I would always like prepare for the what ifs. My mom's like go-to when we were younger was you expect the best, but you prepare for the worst. Mm. And it's it's not great to live that way because you are still thinking of the worst case scenario all of the time. I, I mm-hmm. see this so often with people that leave, um, I'm just going to call it a regular J-O-B with benefits. And then to not have benefits. Well, what if one of us gets sick? What if this kid needs braces? What if I need these medications? Yeah, what if? (laughs) You will, that's still such a lack mentality that we have just been normalized to of this is what we do. We need a job with benefits. We need a job with a pension. We need a job with security and safety and all of these things. But if you look at it as a bigger kind of deep vision we're all looked after we're all fine we're all going to be okay it always works
1: out and those are the other what ifs to explore what if everything would be okay what if I had a job that I didn't have to work nine to five what if I like you can play it in a different way that allows you to think about possibilities rather than limitations yes
0: I freaking love that. I think that's just such a great way to live life, period. Dream without barriers, like you said. Mm -hmm. What if all of those things could happen, right? Like that's what I'm going through with Hawaii of looking at where I want to live. What if I lived there? What would that feel like? And not with like, It's brought up a lot of things, which is really fascinating because when we were little, we didn't vacation a whole lot. My family didn't have a ton of money. And when we would go somewhere, it was like, you weren't allowed like a drink. You would have water to save on the bill and somebody would sleep on the floor because we were a family of five. And, you know, those were just the things you did, but it was luxury because we got to go away and all those things. And that was the first step. And so I am grateful for that. But now the next step is like, what if we all had a bed to sleep in? What if we, somebody didn't have to sleep on the floor? <laughs> Crazy. but yeah. I'm like, oh, we can do a two bedroom. We could all squeeze in there. No problem. No problem at all. But what if we didn't have to? Totally. Right. And so just noticing where our past conditions have come up of just how and no fault to our families at all, you know, like they were doing the best that they could in those scenarios and they were probably breaking their own. Mm -hmm. limiting beliefs from their childhood and so it just keeps growing and growing and growing as we generationally do this and see others around us doing more and more of it I think it's so exciting (laughs) (laughs) so let's let's close this off with what if what would be the craziest thing that could happen to you in the end of 2021 (gasps) what if you ended this year what would be the like holy shit I can't believe that
1: happened Uh, The first thing that sort of came to mind was that I was, I'm on some sort of national platform speaking on a book that I had written. I have these big dreams of like writing a book and being a bestseller and I'm already where I have like three different ideas that are brewing in my brain and I just don't know which one to like go with yet, but that would be something that would be so incredible to be acknowledged, recognized, and celebrated at at the national level.
0: Well, I am excited that that we will have you back on the podcast (laughs) at the end of 2021 to celebrate that because that would be really freaking cool. Mm -hmm. Really freaking cool. And I encourage everybody that's listening, what is something that you would want by the end of the year? And I don't love timelines, but for a lot of us, we have to set those in the beginning before we get more comfortable with what time actually is just ask yourself of like
1: what would be really cool if that happened and yeah just playing with the idea not without having all of the details because I do that a lot that I get caught up in the details (laughs) it's like oh well okay if I want to do that then like here's the 17 steps I have to do to take that but it's like removing the steps which is hard and just being like Wow. And believing that it could happen. Yeah. By the end of the year. Yeah. And then collapse the time on
0: those things as they start to occur as like the next step. It's, you know, like that saying, and I had this in my room for so long years ago and I didn't even fully understand it. It's not about the whole damn staircase. It's just about the first step, just the first step. That's it. And then the next step appears and appears and appears. And I, you know, I thought it was a cool saying. But now I feel like I get it at such a different level because if I rewound my life for the last two years, I wouldn't have been like, that's the next step. That's the next step. That's the next step. But as it appeared, it was like, oh, that's the next step. All right. Like you start to get so in tune with your body of like, "Mm -hmm, this is the step. It's kind of the pukey unicorn sometimes to take that step. Like I'm sure it was with you leaving your job of like, this is the next step. Okay. <laughs> right? Like there's yeah.
1: discomfort there. I had to go through all the, the darkness and the tears and the anxiety and the unknown. And then it was the pukey uniform feeling where it was, okay, now I know that I have to take this next step, but you have to kind of go through those phases of like that uncomfortability of not knowing. And yeah. then you take the uncomfortable, but exciting and exhilarating yeah. step. And then it's again i'm in like a new like uncomfortable space because i don't know my next step but it's trusting and surrendering that it's going to come and it's you have to. it it will will appear appear.
0: it always appears and i even on that pukey unicorn so you know some of my steps took me a long time to take even though now that i look back i knew those steps Mm-hmm. I knew I needed to take that step then. I knew I needed to take that step then. But it's that ultimate trust in ourselves process that just grows. Mm-hmm. I think that is the true art of surrendering, of just like, mm, this makes no sense. <laughs> but yep, this is the next step. Okay, that makes no sense. That's the next step. And just that there is no failure, mm-hmm. it is truly just experiments. Of like, how do I feel now that I've taken this step? Okay, this feels good or bad. Now I go to the next step.
1: Yeah, And it just keeps coming for us. Yeah, I think it was something you told me once. It was like, you can never make a wrong decision. Mm. And that is a really nice reminder for me sometimes because it's, it's just like you said, you can't fail. You're going to either learn something or you're going to quote unquote succeed. No matter what you do, you're meant to learn that thing or take that step in the right direction. And that takes the fear away because now you're not worried about like, well, is this the right one? It's like, well, you can't make the wrong choice. Yes. So don't worry so much about making the wrong choice because you're going to get something out of it no matter what. Yes. And, and you're going to be okay. That's like such a powerful lesson to me. My husband actually brought that up last
0: night. So I love that you brought it up. Like Synchronicity has just cracked me up sometimes because <laughs> he had found this quote, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was the same premise. And I said to him, you know, how would it feel to think that every decision we ever made was the right decision? And how much regret would we let go of? How much shame, how much guilt, if we just never had any of those feelings again, how different, I think that goes to YOLO, how different you would live your life because it would just be like, yeah, this is the right decision. Okay, cool. I'm going to learn something or whatever it is. I'm always going to learn something from it. Always. Yeah. Every single decision is the right decision. And we will just be
1: flying high on the other side.
0: And YOLO is going to be like my theme for the day, I think. I love it.
1: <laughs> uh, embrace the YOLO. I like that too. I think I'm going to take that into my weekend as well. I need some some extra, or like some, some carefree actions in the next few days. I think that will help me with some of my unease yeah. that I'm feeling right now. 100%. Yeah, I wish you could just go to
0: a waterfall maybe you can but for me that's the visual that comes up of just like hmm, just embrace this very moment be in this very moment that it is the right moment that I'm meant to be here at this moment at a higher level okay I'll close this down because I could talk to Sarah all day <laughs> I love our conversations yeah So thank you guys so much for joining us on this episode of the spiritual boss podcast. We so appreciate you listening. Please click the subscribe button. If you're in iTunes, if you're on Spotify, feel free to share with friends, wherever you see fit, make sure you go check out Sarah's blog. If you are thinking of making a big change in your life, she has a five step blog. What's that blog one called? Uh, What it feels like to level up. Mm, Yes which is even better. So put on the Level Up song and then go read her <laughs> blog post on that and just get into all the feels. I highly encourage you to check that out because she writes from the soul, from the depths. It's not always fluffy fakeness. There's no fake. It's all authentic in there of everything that Sarah's going through. And I don't think she re- realizes sometimes, I think he forgets sometimes how powerful that is to share that open humanness with people It's really powerful. You're really shifting the world over there.
1: Thanks very much, Jen. I appreciate that. That is a goal of mine always is to speak from the heart. Mm -hmm. Okay. Lots of love to you guys.